Hi, and welcome to our podcast, Bodies and Souls, Conversations for the Jewish Woman. Good morning. Um, We have been notably silent here on Bodies and Souls, and I want to assure everyone that it is not because we aren't dominating and it's not because we aren't doing things and we aren't thinking about our brothers and sisters and our Israel. And make no mistake, they are all of our brothers and sisters. So if someone asks you, do you have anyone who is being affected by the struggle, you say, yes, my brothers and my sisters, my parents, my my family is affected. Um, Baruch Hashem, I had the schos of spending Yantif in Eretz Israel with my family, and we had a wonderful time. We are very, very, very benched that we were able to have Yantif there. On Shabbos morning, we woke up and I was talking to my husband. My kids were all asleep. And I said, sorry, I think that's, I think that's rockets. And he's like, yeah, right. And we were like, haha, a little bit because we are stupid Americans. Really, we are. I promise you, all of us that go there, we are so clueless. And I said, let's make coffee and sit on the Merpeset. And we made coffee. And I said, no, no, that's definitely rockets. That's sirens. What are we supposed to do? And we didn't know because nobody gives you a warning that, you know, if there's rockets, please, please, like, just go to your mama to close it. This is how you close. We didn't even know how to close our, our safe room. We did not. Um, it was only two days later that my cousin FaceTimed me and showed me how to close it properly. If there was a direct hit, even if we were in our safe room, there was no way that we were safe. I did not know how to sa- how to secure the room. Um, nobody thought we would have to use it. and. My kids slowly woke up and I told them, you know, I told my husband, we're not going to tell them, but if they ask, we'll be truthful. And they were like, what are those noises? It's loud, people. It's very loud. So we told them um, and we had breakfast. Yes. While the rest of the country was in their safe rooms, we had breakfast on our porch. And after about an hour or so of this, I told our children, you know, maybe it's better if we go inside. And as I was gathering my children and I was not rushing them because again, stupid American, I did not know the gravity of the situation. My son screams to the porch, Ma, there's a rocket right here. And I came out to the porch and a rocket, uh, a missile was being dismantled by the Iron Dome right above our Merpeset. The words to what ensued afterwards are not adequate. The noise of war that Americans just are never going to get unless you're there. And the sounds and the feelings and the national anxiety. I mean, I walked out of an elevator the next day to get food for my children after Yantif and a lady was standing there and just she jumped out of her skin. I walked out of the elevator. That's all I did. And it's just they I could tell you 50 hundred incidents like this. It's just it's national trauma that our people are going through. And I don't want to go into the the horrors and the 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 tragedy and but I will I will share some of my own reflections and I sat on this a while and I didn't want to say anything right away. But I'm going to share some of my own reflections. When we came into Eretz Yisrael before Yom Kippur, 
there was a very, very, um, and I'm not sure how many Americans are aware of this, there was a very strong rift between the Haredi portions of the population and the non-Haredi portions of the population. Um, we weren't united. Not only that, we were actively, you know, I don't want to use the word hateful, but we were at odds with each other. And to the extent that I felt it, and I even told my husband, you know, we were on a plane from Turkey to Israel and there was a Haredi lady and she just kept giving us dirty looks because my kids were tired and one of them was speaking loudly. And, you know, um, and I said, wow, I really feel that I didn't think I would because we weren't going into places where, you know, the conflict was visible. Um and I did. And I said, you know, that's so sad. And there was another incident that happened. And I, you know, I, I had to tell someone, you know, out of Israel, there's not us and them. It's not us and you. We're all the same. The world looks at us all the same. We are just Jews. And as the trip went on, it, it happened to evolve that we were um, going through the West Bank a whole lot. I'm not sure why every route, like we went up to Tzfas and we went through the West Bank and it was just like our ways just continuously took us through the West Bank. And by the time it was like the fifth or sixth trip that we were going through the West Bank, my kids were like, Ma, it's so peaceful. And I turned around and I said, you know what? It looks peaceful, but looks are deceiving. It's like a quiet field and one little spark will set its whole thing off. We don't know. We have to be vigilant. We have to be careful. Yes, we don't have to be afraid, but we have to be aware that this is the situation. This is how Hashem designed the world now for us in Gullis. And we have to be aware. That's all. And in in the midst of our experience, which was wonderful, and we met so many wonderful people, and my kids got to have a fabulous experience in Eretz Israel, getting to know our history and getting to see firsthand Sheila and Yerushalayim, and um, and just all these beautiful places, Tzfas, where you know so many parts of our history, you know, came at points where they were seminal points in our history, and it was very important for me to show that to our children. And then the war started and instantaneously there was no us and you, there was no me and them. There was just all of us together. Just like a family where children might fight, but if somebody from the outside comes and sent and, and hurts one of the children, suddenly all the children are, we're one unit. This is our identity. And it's sad to me. It's sad to me that it took, um, a tragedy, and there's no other word to say it, a tragedy to bring our nation together. And I really feel very strongly that one of the things that's going to get us out of this is to remember that there's no us and them, not in your micro communities, not in your macro communities, not in your families. There's all of us together. Now, I want to be very clear when I say this, I'm not talking about someone who has to put a boundary for a mental health issue or a boundary for a safety concern. I'm not talking about, you know, making shalom with those type of things. And just I'm talking about within the realm of safety and health that we should build bridges rather than take them down. And it's very, very important that we look about and take stock and say, how am I going to do an extra act of goodness and kindness? And how am I going to be there for another person? And how am I going to just spread the light of Hashem into this world in a very, very real way? I actually, we came back 
on our scheduled flight, I was very clear, like when my husband and I discussed whether we should go back early because flights were easier to get the first day because a lot of Americans were still um, keeping Yantif. And, you know, we the discussion was very, very short. We said we're keeping to our original plan. We're not running away from conflict. It was never the Rebbe's Mahalach at all. Um, and then you watch the world, right? And and we came home and we watched the world in their silence and in their semi-nuanced responses. And it broke my heart. It broke my heart. It broke my heart that we can say never again and we can teach Holocaust education. And I remember when I was in high school, I stayed at a wonderful person's house. Um, and she said, told me a story, which I've never verified, about someone, a Holocaust survivor, going past the Rebbe and asking the Rebbe, um, can the Holocaust happen again? And the Rebbe said, absolutely. Um, and so yesterday morning, I had an incident that shouldn't have triggered me at all, and it did. And on my way home, I called a friend and... I asked her to come over and she hugged me tight. I hugged her. We cried a little bit and then we spoke and she said, you know, Rufki, let's go to the aisle. And we went to the aisle and I so cleansing and I came home and I, I listened to some clips of the Rebbe talking about the conflict and what to do when I want to share some of those thoughts with you. Um, historically, the Rebbe stands on Eretz Yisrael was very, very, very clear that Eretz Yisrael is our land unequivocally, 100%, totally deserving to our people. Jewish blood should never be um, needed to be shed for our land, and no one's blood is redder than anyone else's. We need to stand up and stand strong and give support to everyone in Eretz Yisrael in every way possible. And when I say every way possible, the Rebbe was very, very clear that there's two-pronged approach to um, any conflict in Eretz Yisrael. The first one is to protect ourselves, in the laws of nature, by any means necessary. Um, and the Rebbe's words are so clear. The Rebbe says, reminds us, it's not a seder to wait for Gayim to give us permission to protect ourselves, to say, oh yes, you're justified in protecting yourselves. When you are being attacked, it is our job to stand up and to protect ourselves. Um, don't rely on full senses of morality and justice. Misplaced morality and misplaced justice. And to me, it's this, this statement of the Rebbe was so um, apropos to us today, where we have social media warriors who are talking about morality and justice. There's no morality and justice that is justified when Jewish lives are being taken. Innocent children, innocent elderly, innocent families, whole families. The Rebbe uses a very interesting word. He says, oh, Adaini HaKazak. Like, let me go over and politely say to the Kazakh who's murdering my family, I'm sorry, but maybe you should evaluate your morality and your justice. No, you go ahead and protect yourself so that you do not get hurt in this situation. And then the Rebbe continues and says that they won't stop at the Jews. They'll go, they will come for everyone if we don't stand up. So it's at everyone's benefit to stand up against immorality and, and injustice. And this is the only way that they will respond. And so that takes, 
an unequivocal approach to the fact that it is absolutely our job by any means necessary to stand up for our land and to stand up for our people in a, you know, sense of what is logical and what is practical in a physical sense. The other thing, and the Rebbe spends a lot of time talking about this in multiple instances, is that the second prong approach to this is really connecting to our spiritual powers. We need to use our weapons, the weapons that are only given to us, that are only ours to use. The proper weapons are, and this is very clear in the Torah, this is not the Rebbe's, you know, Chidosh, it's the Rebbe brought it to light that if we go in the ways of Hashem, they will not come and destroy us. It doesn't happen. Okay, so Hashem is asking us, please. And it's not that Hashem is saying, oh, if you go in the ways of Hashem, Hashem is saying, please, please go in my ways so that I can protect you. Please go forward and do what Hashem wants because then you will be protected. And because you are my precious nation and you are my holy nation, we need to be protected. And so please go in Hashem's ways. Vanasati shalom ba'aretz. I will give peace in the land. Listen to those words. If we follow in Tyra and Mitzvahs, we will have peace in our lands. They will fear us. They will, and that doesn't mean that they don't have to be afraid. They have to be afraid to attack us. They should never, we should never get to a state of complacency where we think, it's my iron dome and it's my this and it's my that. No, when we service Hashem properly and we do what is wanted from us in a real way, and we are kind to each other, and we are loving, and we do learn Torah, and we do mitzvahs, and we continuously improve in ourselves in whatever way that is, and we take solid looks at ourselves on a regular basis and how we're supposed to improve, then there will be peace in the land. You will be safe. We're speaking about the most basic necessity of people right now. Safety. Mothers to be able to tuck their children to bed at night. A few days before the Six-Day War, the rabbi started Mitzvah Tefillin, and I think that this has made the rounds um, quite extensively, at least in the circles that I am in. When an army goes forward and they are clearly Hashem's army, the other nations will notice that. And even if they don't logically, and they cannot logically say that, their nefesh, the inside parts of them, will notice that and will run away to all directions of the wind. And I think it's so beautiful that there are tefillin, hundreds of tefillin that are being sent to their soldiers in the front line, thousands of tzitzis, tzitzis that are being literally hand-tied by men, women, and children across Eretz Yisrael and being sent to our soldiers. Our soldiers are not asking for you know extra bubble gum or extra money. They want tzitzis. They want their identity to be aligned. And I think that's so telling that in a moment of absolute truth, what do, what does a Yid want? What do we want? We want alignment. We want our neshama to be externally cognizant and externally aligned to what our insides already are. 
months before the Yom Kippur War, the Rebbe spoke about achdos again, this kindness and peace and love and Avas Yisrael that we have to have between each other. And the Rebbe said, the way that we're going to do this is to write letters in communal tyras. So I'm going to just take a second um, and remind everyone that if your children do not have a letter in the tyra, it is easy. It is cheap. There's easy forms to do it. Go buy your child a letter. If you're not sure, buy another letter. Nobody hurt from buying more than one letter. Be part of those unifying acts. And in, in, in your life, again, remind yourself that there's a reason that we're doing these acts. It's really so that we are one united nation. And not that UN, but our united nation. It is our children that are most aligned. And so the Rebbe spoke about our strength comes from our little people. It, the job is create to heal in groups that people can come together. Your children can come together by treats. Bring them together. Bring your children together and say the 12 psukim. Say some to heal Just daven for our nation that we are able to be safe and healthy and well in our land. Lastly, but absolutely not leastly, I want to talk about joy. Three days into the MK war, the Rebbe held a for bring in. Now, I want context here, okay? Because some people say, oh, maybe there weren't enough, as many Kedashim in those in that war. And I want to be very clear. I'm not using murdered people. I'm using Kedashim. These are holy Jews. Anyone who dies defending our land, anyone who dies defending another Yid is a Kedash. He's a holy person. Um, Not because we want to die. But because, not because we want to put ourselves in that situation, but because if unfortunately we already are in that situation, that is a holy thing to do, to protect our land and to protect our people. So three days after the Yom Kippur War, the Rebbe organized it for bringing, and at that point, for context, there were three 2,000 people already um, dead. That's a big number. The Rebbe asked publicly for bringing, how? How am I justified bringing you here as a gathering of joy and a gathering where we're going to sing and we're going to be together? And the Rebbe said, our tefillahs are answered through joy. Listen to that. I'm going to say it again. Our tefillahs are answered through joy. Simcha pirates gather. Joy breaks all boundaries. And in this world, we are simply a mirror reflection of what's above. And this works both ways, meaning whatever's above is reflected below. Whatever's in the world above is going to be reflected in our physical world down here. But we have the power to affect change in the spiritual worlds above by changing the physical world down here. So when we come together in moments of joy, when we come together and we spread light and we spread love and we spread Tyra and we spread mitzvahs, that's what's going to be reflected above. And Hashem is going to answer our tefillahs through this joy. So our job right now is to stop scrolling. One of my friends called it doomsday scrolling, right? And it really is. It, it's psychological warfare. Our job is to stop scrolling. Our job is to stop focusing on what was and to focus on what is and how I'm going to affect change so that this never happens again. And so our job right now 
and I'm talking to myself primarily and I'm recording this for myself primarily is to spread light and love and joy to our families, to our communities, to the world at large so that we could be Zaycha to have Mashiach right now. Thank you for listening. We hope you enjoyed and grew. Original music of Shamil's Niggin provided by Chazan David Kaytak. We look forward to your input, 
feedback and suggestions. We also have partnership opportunities available. Please email info at bodiessouls.com. Again, info at bodiessouls.com with two S's. Thank you. Thank you.